somebody today needs a word. A word that will encourage them. That will inspire them. Bibles would be to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 is where you let them, you can let them rest. I want to welcome all of our visitors to the New Beginnings Community Church. Uh, we know you could have been in one of uh, 500 different churches in the Fresno metropolitan area, but by the grace of God, you are here with us today on the Lord's Day, and we give God praise for your presence. Amen. It is a special day. We will take a break from our normal exegetical passage, but we will look at 1 Kings today. For our visitors, if you are looking for a church to join or to collaborate with in the Fresno area, New Beginnings is an uh, open, welcoming, loving church. Amen. We are an expository teaching and preaching church. That simply means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible, books and chapters at a time. Family? So today we invite you to open your Bibles and keep them open, amen? amen, while we walk through the text so you can hear what the Lord has to say to you. If you don't have a Bible, that good-looking person in your area will let you look on with them, amen? And it's okay in this church to boot up your iPhones, amen, or your iPads. Whatever you have your Bible on, turn it on, all right? And let's study God's Word. 1 Kings 17. Verse 8, if you got to say, I got it, Reverend. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go down to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And see, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, Indeed, a widow was there, and she was gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her again and said, And please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little jar, a little oil rather, in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. 
And Elijah said to her, do not fear, mm -hmm. but go yeah. and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her son, her household, they ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Turn to that person next to you and say, Neighbor. neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. This, morning, this morning, my pastor, my pastor wants, to to wants to talk to you about a woman's ministry, a woman's ministry in, a in a difficult place. Amen. You may be seated. It's Mother's Day, and in honor of those women in ministry, we want to tag this lesson a woman's ministry in a difficult place. An unknown poet wrote this Mother's Day poem, and I thought I'd bring it to you. He said, God took pieces of everything wonderful to make moms. He said, God took the fragrance of a flower, the majesty of a tree, the gentleness of a morning dew, the calm of a quiet sea. He took the beauty of the twilight hour, the soul of a starry night, the laughter of a rippling brook, the grace of a bird in flight. Then God fashioned from these things a creation like no other. When his masterpiece was through, he simply called it mother. What a powerful, powerful poem that was written to talk about what God did when he designed women in his image. And as we gather here today, family, to celebrate the ministry of mothers, we can't do so without identifying the difficulty that it is to be a mother in a world like ours. You see, the task of motherhood is very real, for it comes with stress. It comes with struggle. Yes. It comes with setbacks and back sets. Yes. Trials and tribulations come with motherhood. Yeah. And you know what? Not everybody can be a mother. Yeah. Not everybody can feel these shoes. And not every mom is a good mom. Right. And not every mom takes their ministry serious or as a divine gift from God. In today's text, we get to see a mother who has had to wrestle with the death of a husband. And death, when it entered in, Reverend Mason, took her away her soulmate and thrust her into a realm of pain and poverty that had her 
it that being a widower is hard. Yes, it's painful. It's lonely. Yes, it's cold. It's difficult. And it's never something that anybody desires. Can I let my hair down? Life has a way of bringing widowers difficulty. You better praise God if you got somebody you love and they still alive. Life has a way of bringing widowers burdens. Life has a way of delivering them stuff that can knock the wind out of you when you least expected it. And what we see in this text today is a picture of what happens when life happens. That this poor mother who had become a widow is now at the brink of despair. And she has no idea how she's going to take care of herself or her baby. And try to live in a world that cares nothing about her. And just when it looks like all is lost, God shows himself strong and mighty. I feel like doing it today. And that's what this text is about today. It's about a God who sees a mother and who cares. We can learn today about this ministry of motherhood and how God moves in her life. Here it is. And how he uses her to teach the rest of us how to serve him in moments of difficulty on our journey to heaven. When we arrive at the text, we remember that Elijah had just left from living by a dried up brook for three years. Well, God had provided provisions for his ministry of prophethood in Israel. The drought was in full effect and had completely swept the land. God used ravens to bring Elijah food down by the brook. Two meals a day, the Bible says. And now he's given Elijah a new assignment. He told him, get up and go down to Zarephath. Because I got a woman in ministry there who's going to minister to you. Can I say some more? Notice he don't tell Elijah how toe up she is. He don't tell Elijah what her struggles are. He just says, get up and go down there. I got somebody who's worse off than you. And I'm going to use her to minister to you so you'll know what real ministry looks like. I'm talking to somebody that's complaining about your little toe-up life. You better check yourself. There's always somebody going through something worse off than you. Mothers, are you in here? I know your walk has been hard, but before you go there, listen to this sermon today. I got three points I want to talk to you. Y'all going to listen? Number one, I want to talk about ministry in a new location. Then I want to talk about ministry at another level. And third of all, ministry with some new lessons. Are you with me here? Ministry in a new location, ministry at another level, and ministry with some new lessons. Keep your Bible open and let's walk through them beginning at verse 8. The text says, and the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, arise, go down to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And see, I commanded. Somebody say commanded. Command. 
a widow there to provide for you. Mm, that verse is loaded. Let me unpack it. When we arrive at this verse, we see that God caused his servant to relocate the ministry. Tuck that away. See, because when you're in ministry, he can move you where he want to move you. He don't need your permission to tell you where to go. Y'all in here? He sends him to a place that's called Zarephath. In the Hebrew, the definition of this word literally means the place of refining. Okay? It was symbolic for a location that was hard to serve in. Anybody that lived there has suffering on the menu. The whole country was in a drought, a three-year drought, and there was no water in the land. Stay with me here. God takes him from a semi-place of comfort and sticks him in a place where he's got to go through the school of hard knocks. Why? Because God's got to get Elijah ready to whoop some prophets yonder down the road. And in order to endure that fight, he's got to toughen him up a little bit. I think I better park the car and say something. Some of you are not going to be tough enough to go through the stuff God want to take you through until he parks you in Zarephath. The difficulties of life don't come to break the child of God. They come to give you thick skin. So you can make it through the storms that's coming your way. Can I say some more? That this new location would be the second time that God would show himself strong and mighty in the prophet's life and in the life of this mother who was in the background of this study. See, the place of refining will be the place where their hope and their trust in God will be forced to be on display. Can I say some more? Sometimes God puts your trouble on display so other people can learn from you. Am I making sense there? Somebody's asking the question, why me? My question back to you is, why not you? If you love the Lord, if he's your savior, he can do with you what he want to do with you. He God, he don't need your permission. I'm just talking about. Look, living in the place of refinement is a difficult process. It calls for some suffering and some difficulty to occur to the thing being reformed in order for perfection to come. Have you ever seen the refining in a potter's house? It has to go into the fire so it can burn off the stuff that it don't need and get the, and get the pure impurities out so that which is perfect and pure can come forward. Are you with me here? I just help you to define your trouble. You need that trouble because it's going to make you look different when you come through it. Tell somebody good looking, I need, I need my trouble. I need my trouble. Look, sometime, sometime in ministry, you got to relocate to the Zarephaths of life. Yes, sir. I lost my amens right there. Yes, sir. Those, those places where ministry can hurt. Those tight places, those, those difficult places. 
places may be, those hard places where the resources are never what you thought they would be. The, the Zarephath are those locations, here it is, where God sets us up to be cared for by those who need caring for. People who are broken, Reuben. People who are healing. People who are lonely. People who are in need of comforting. People who appear to have nothing to offer you. And yet God sends us to these places as change agents for a better tomorrow. That's good. That's good. I'm through complaining about the broken people in my life. I need them. Are y'all in here? Quit complaining about your pastor. I know I got issues. God put me in your life with my issues. My issues gonna help you get better. And hey, help me, Holy Ghost. And your issues gonna help me get better. Come on, talk to me. Tell your neighbor, I need your issues. I need your issues. Second thing I noticed in this verse, Reverend Brown, is that the prophet Abu is called to dwell there. Don't read the word too fast. Dwell where? Dwell in this hard place. Dwell in this difficult place. Check this out. Make it your home. Don't be commuting in. Don't pop in and drop in. Dwell there. Show up every day. Every time the church doors open, go in there with them messed up people. You need them. And they need you. Don't, don't be just popping in every now and then. Make that place your home. Dwell there, Elijah. Why now? Why would God do this, Dre? Why? Well, daughter, I believe this. God has somebody in that city that Elijah needs to model what it looks like to trust God when you ain't got nobody else. He just came from the river all by himself, and the ravens had to feed him. He got that lesson, but this woman is a widow. She never had to learn that before. But he's going to bring the lesson to her in Zarephath. Did you catch that? Most of us would be praying, can I leave Zarephath? Can I go to some place that's more delightful? God says, no, I'm going to show myself strong and mighty right in your situation. Zarephath was tough. Zarephath wasn't just for Elijah, but it was for a poor, lonely widow. A mother, Aaron, whose only companion was her son. Zarephath, Reverend Tom, is what I call son, hard on families. It was hard on husbands. That's why the man died. It was hard on sons. And it's hard on mothers. It was a place that has separated families. And now God was sending Elijah, whose name means my God is Jehovah. Y'all missed it? He's sending, my, he's sending his servant, my God is Jehovah, to a place where people don't know God. Can I say some more? That's why he sends you to the hard places. Because the people who are suffering there need to know who your God is. Quit praying for ministry on easy street. 
pray that he'd send you to the place, BJ, where his name can be revealed. Am I making sense here? Here it is. God had a whole family, Carmen, going through the pain of refining. And he was going to use Elijah, watch this now, to walk through it with them. Y'all catch that? And, and not to leave them out, but to be right in the pain with them. Not to change the situation or move, but just to show them who God is when he don't change your situation. Who God is when he don't move the obstacle. Who God is in spite of what you're going yes, through. Sir. Elijah ain't called to go and change it. He's called to go and be present in the middle of it. Can I say some more? It's a new ministry location for the prophet. And in this new location, yeah, the prophet was going to meet and to teach a widow who didn't know God like he did. It's a new ministry location, Gibson. The prophet was going to be used by God, here it is, to elevate the knowledge of the holy in the region. Yeah. God needs to send you some places, son, so he can elevate the knowledge of the holy because they don't have a God language. They don't have a biblical worldview. So he sends you into the places to transform the thinking. So, so quit trying to avoid those places. That don't make you holy because you don't go there. The place need holiness, so show us, girl. Am I making sense? Yes, sir. I ain't never been afraid since I got free from drinking to go back into the bar. Because the stuff in the bar don't call me no more. I'm there now on a mission. Let's go. Let's go. Are you in here? Can I say some more? In this new location, yes, the prophet was going to experience God and to join God in what God was doing in the life of the widow. I want you to chew on that. Here it is, here it is. And after daughter, sometimes God needs us to be available, Rita, to go in sad places and be instruments for the king. Sometimes God needs us to take care of others that are going through refinement by being present in their time of loneliness and learning. Sometimes God wants to show us just how he can provide for us while providing for the one who needs provision. I love having a ministry to poor people. I ain't calling y'all poor. But my ministry is bigger than this little church. So I get to go to churches that pastors with money would never go to. Where Jesus would be. Those are the assignments I turned down. The thousands in the middle, all those people. Y'all don't need me going and keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to the place that's dependent on God to bring them a word. Are y'all in here? 
Look at what God says. Look, sometimes God wants us to show in these places where he can provide provision for us. Yes. Look what he says to Elijah. I've commanded uh-huh. a widow who don't have more more than you got to provide for you down there. Are you with me here? He already tells Elijah how I'm going to provide for you, but the source by which he's going to provide ain't much of a source. Elijah's a broke preacher like me. He says, go down there because I got somebody broke, but she going to feed you. What? We both broke? I know this is God. Are you with me? Here it is. Here it is, Mason. The word of the Lord was that God commanded Elijah. Y'all see that there? He commanded him to go to Zarephath. Why? Because he wanted to use the widow woman in ministry. Let me see if I can help you. He was going to be refined, Elijah was, by her gifts. She was going to be refined by Elijah's gift. The boy, her son, was going to be refined by mama's obedience. And God was going to be glorified by what he was doing in the life of all three people. Okay, let me say some more. When you look at this text, don't overlook the divine mandate. Because the widow also has a command. Y'all catch that? Elijah's got a command. And the widow, Linda, she's got a command. And God, who just finished commanding the ravens, can command even these servants to obey. Can I say some more? Here it is. God chose her over the ravens. The ravens could have kept doing what they was doing down by the brook. But God said, no, I got another bird. And I want a human example of how I can use the suffering and the brokenness of this world to bring me honor and glory in the midst of it all. Here it is. She was called by God to do ministry in Zarephath. It's a lie when people tell you that there ain't enough ministry in the projects. Or there ain't ministry that can happen among the poor. Are you kidding me? That's what God specializes. Ministry among the poor. Don't make me call roll. That's all I needed was somebody to say, go ahead. You remember he was born in poverty. Born in a cave. Manger was made out of hay. Remember, he grew up in Nazareth. Y'all with me here? Remember, he didn't drive a chariot. Everywhere he went for ministry, he had to walk. Are y'all with me here? He didn't call princes to walk with him. He called thieves and robbers and fishermen. His ministry was among the poor the whole time. So if you really want to look like somebody, look like Jesus, who was poor from his inception and died a poor man's death out on the cross. Real ministry is ministering to the poor. Are you with me here? Well, Elijah's been called to go down to a new ministry location. The woman's been called in the midst of her 
suffered to come over to a new ministry location. But second of all, we get to see that as they get to this new location, they got to now do ministry on a new level. Tell somebody, we got to go higher. We got to go higher. The text says in verse 10, Sister Wilson, so he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there. And she was gathering sticks. And the preacher called to her. And he said, please, bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Let me unpack this. The first thing we see in this verse is the amazing text or verbs that say, so he arose. What do you mean? Well, we discover that Elijah's faith is on display. What do you mean? He obeyed the Lord. He leaves the brook ministry where he's learned to wait on God, and he heads to the place of refinement because of a call in ministry. See, sometimes God can call you from a sweet, intimate place to a place that's hard. A place where suffering dwells. A place where brokenness is so he can use you in the midst of that place. Can I say some more? Another thing I see in this text, Sister Kathy, is that he is called to do ministry on another level. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, when he leaves the brook, he has just left from having a ministry, Sister Jackson, to kings. His ministry in Israel was to prophesy to King Ahab that Yahweh was mad at him. And as a result of his sin, God was going to cut the water off in heaven. His ministry was to kings. But now God changes his ministry from kings to the poor. Are you with me here? He's got to go now to this place of barrenness and brokenness and ask something from this woman. Okay, let me back it up. He was giving mandates to the king, but now he's got to go and request something from somebody who ain't got nothing. Okay, I miss somebody still. It would have been easier to have an attitude with Ahab to go and ask a poor struggling widow, give me everything you got. Okay, maybe it's just me. I'm that preacher that hate to ask for money. I ain't gonna beg you for nothing. You either gonna give it or you ain't. Does that make sense? I'd rather be in Trump's face telling him what the Bible said. You'll catch that on the way home too. Instead of begging somebody who ain't got nothing to help build something that the Lord wants you to give to. I'm just talking about. But Elijah, if he's going to obey God and get ready for the next level in ministry, he's got to do something even harder than he's already done. Parenthetically, God never asks you to do something that's easy. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all thinking, God would never call me to nothing hard. Are you crazy? That's all they do is call you the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's how I know it's him. If it's something pretty I can do on my own strength, it probably ain't God. It's probably my humanity just telling me to do it. But if it's asking me to shift gears and do something that's out of my nature and out of my character, it's probably God. Are you listening here? Let me say some more. God gave him a command to go down to Zarephath and do this. Here it is. He was in the will of the Lord to ask for this widow to give him something. I know some of y'all saying that God would never do that. Oh, yes, he will. He, he was in the season of service, and God was trying to refine his faith. At the same time, he was going to refine the widow's faith. Here it is. This level of ministry would be difficult. It would be difficult because he didn't have a name of the woman he was looking for. He didn't have an address. He didn't have no indicators of what she looked like, what nationality she was. He just had to go to this broken place and look for a widow that the Lord said was going to take care of him. Now, come on, y'all. Come on, don't play church with me. This assignment is hard. God, who am I looking for? And how she know I'm the one you're talking about? Y'all in here? He would first, I like this text, he would first have to identify who she was. He had to see if she would have a heart to serve like the Lord said she was going to serve. If Elijah's going to dwell in Zarephath, he's got to see if this widow woman is going to be willing to take him in. Are you with me here? Can I drop something right here? God never give you all of the information. They just say stuff like go. Go where? Go. You got 360 degrees around you. Go in all America. Go. And make disciples. Fake, but plain. Go. And as you go, you start to look for what he told you to look for. Can I say some more? Elijah's got to go and look for the widow who's going to take him in and serve him. Here it is. Can I open the text? He's got to see, first of all, is she a worker? He, he ain't looking for a widow who's under the shade with servants. He's looking for somebody who likes serving. So when he gets to the gate of the city, when he gets to the gate of the city, he sees a woman who's working. He just takes a chance. What does he see? He sees a gatherer. He sees a woman in ministry who doesn't mind getting dirty. Here I come, ladies. He sees a woman who's picking up sticks to make a fire. He sees a woman who's carrying 
for her household. And what he does is he makes a request. He says, daughter, can I have some water? Now, there wasn't no well there nearby, so she was going to have to drop what she was doing, go to the well, get some water, interrupt her activity, y'all in here, come back and serve a stranger that she didn't know. I just lost half my mothers right in here. Y'all like, uh-oh. Yeah, and can I say this? That's why you ain't in ministry. God can't trust you with service. He can't trust you with hospitality. He can't trust you in the hard places. But I pray that after the day, you get some act right in the ministry in your home. Do you know your children wasn't made to serve you? Do you know your husband wasn't made to serve you? You were made to serve. Come on here. I got Bible for my theology. When God wanted a servant, the first thing he made was a man. And put him in charge of all of the earth. And then gave him authority over the beast in the field. And he named what every one of them was supposed to be doing. And then he said, my man needs a helper. Uh-oh, I just lost somebody. He don't need somebody that's just going to serve him. Adam was incomplete because he didn't have a helper. Are you in here? So you got it twisted. If you say, my man won't help me with the babies, that ain't his job. God gave you the ability to carry the baby. His job is to provide for the baby. Quit trying to make your man a she-man. He got his own duty. When you pull him away from his duties, he can't do your job and his. I know it's Mother's Day. I'm coming around. I'm coming around. But I got to right this ship while I got you. Can I say some more? I know I'm off my, I'm off my text, but let me say, if you choose to go out in the world and get you a nine to five and help your man take care of you, you are the bounds. And you make your man weak. You reiterate to him, you're not adequate to take care of your family. I got to help you. That's not what God was talking about in the garden. He put enough in your Adam to care for you, to take care of you. Stay in your lane. Come on back in, y'all still love me? <laughs> All I'm trying to say is when Elijah got to the city gate to try to find what the Lord said he was looking for, she had some qualities. Let me finish my list. Not only did she didn't mind getting dirty, she didn't mind picking up sticks, she didn't mind caring for her household, she was hospitable. She was a servant. Ladies, look up here, ladies. Look up here. Y'all be through with me in 20 minutes. She didn't mind taking requests. She was willing to serve strangers. Here it is. I know I'm going to lose them right here. But she could be inconvenienced at a moment's notice. 
She had no problem being interrupted. She had all the characteristics, here it is, of somebody who could be used by God. I like that. I like that. <laughs> she was a woman who was in ministry, watch this, in Zarephath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew how to serve in hard places. And I hear the argument already. I hear the emails. Pastor, I was back then. We live in a different day now. And I'm going to say, you correct. That was back then. And this is a different day. But the Bible don't change. The time may change. The culture may change, but the text stay the same. Are you with me, huh? And if you're looking for, here it is, harmony and peace and joy and what you do, you got to stay in your lane. <laughs> All I'm trying to say is in Zarephath, her ministry was difficult, Freddie. Her life was difficult. Her day-to-day -day living was difficult. And this was a woman that God could use. Yeah. She was living in a place of refinement and struggling just to make it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, here it is, she would think about others before herself. Yeah. Where you at, ladies? Is that your mindset today? Or is it about you first? and everybody else second? Is it about your career needs first or you send your babies off to somebody else's daycare? Because you got to fulfill the woman you are. Selfish. I love educated women. I love it. Ain't nothing because the dialogue is rich, the thinking is good. I love it. But I want to say, look, if you all that academically, use that in your home. Help make the team better. Don't leave the team. Now I gotta come home and try to figure out what is top rhyming and how do it work. My children coming for me to, to do their math. Y'all know I went by the class. I didn't catch nothing else. Can I just say one more thing? Crazy thing, right? You'll go do that thing, but be at the job hating it. I want to be at home with my babies, but I got to be out here. No, you don't. Take all that wisdom, that intellect, that knowledge, that schooling that he gave you, and bring that into the house and make that economy something the world ain't never seen before. But when you split the team, now I'm, I'm playing center, quarterback, and wide receiver. Okay, that means I got to hike it to myself, I got to drop back, I got to throw it, then I got to run and catch it. That ain't, that ain't in my notes. God out here, help me, Holy Ghost. All I'm trying to say is her ministry was difficult. She was in a difficult place. She was, she was struggling in the place of refinement, yet God chose her to minister at a time in this preacher's life where he's trying to get him ready for another son. Here it is. What a mother. What a portrait. 
What a role model. What a glimpse of what the church ought to look like. That's why she's there. She's a picture of what we ought to look like. What an image to be held up, emulated, reduplicated, carbon copied for the world today. The church ought to be willing to be inconvenienced. Nobody ought to beat us serving. Nobody ought to beat us with humility. Nobody ought to beat us with giving up our last to help somebody who is hungry. Y'all in here? Nobody ought to beat us when it comes to caring for the orphan or caring for the stranger, the immigrant, the widow. The church ought to be the first ones. I wrote myself a note, this woman ought to be on the Wheaties box. Here it is, she ought to have her own talk show, How to Serve Others. This woman ought to be celebrated for her ministry in a dark place, at a dark time, in a difficult location. And she does it with a desire, here it is, a dying desire to comfort those around her in spite of her own deficiencies. I'm sad about our society, Brother Ruben, because we tend to champion the wrong things. We champion the mother who leave her babies. Who leave the things she designs, her own home. We champion her and hold her up as the... That's crazy. That's not God's design. The mother that God designed looks like this one in this this story. Okay, let me give some more text because I'm losing my postmodern generation. <laughs> because I know y'all been biding university, let me give you some university knowledge. God commanded her to feed the prophet. And all of these signs were the indication to Elijah that she was the one God was talking about. Here it is. Here we see that God has directed the steps of the prophet. He's found the servant of the Lord. And the final thing he would need to know is now if she would be willing to feed him. He see her doing all these things, gathering sticks, getting ready. She's willing to go get water. But is she willing to take me in? The text says in verse 11, and that she was going to get the water. Brother Mike, he called to her and said to her on her way to do one thing, he gives her something else to do. Y'all know, sisters, come on in here. Somebody would have said, now look. Mister, I don't know who you are. This is Zarephath. And we don't roll like that in Zarephath. I was kind enough to get you some water. (laughs) Can I open the text? He asked her, why are you bringing me water? Can you please bring me a morsel of bread? Now this is important because bread wasn't like it is in our day. Go to the cabinet, get a loaf, bring you some bread. You had to labor to make your bread. 
Not only that, you have to use your own resources to knead the dough, to bake the dough. Are you with me here? And then to bring the dough to somebody else. They would thank you, darling. It was a process. Are you with me here? But because she is, yes, somebody that the Lord can use, it's not the process that she's not willing to do. Are you with me here? But look at her answer. The verse says in verse 12, she says to the preacher, as your Lord, or as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. If I had it, you could have it, Elijah. But she says, all I've got is a handful of flour. And it's in a bin. And a little jar, a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, here it is, that we may eat it and die. Notice this. When we come to this portion of the text, we see a very interesting reply and what I call another opportunity to minister on another level. The woman, of course, is asked to bring a piece of bread and give it to Elijah. But she only has a little flour and oil for one meal. This was the sign and the opportunity for the woman to join God in doing ministry at another level. Stay with me, guys. Please, Trump, don't, don't forget everything else I said. Hang on to this. She had no idea that God was getting ready to bless her, to test her, to try her, and promote her. She was being invited by the divine to participate in a miraculous ministry of serving others first. With the little bit that she had. Can I open it some more? According to this sister, watch this. She didn't have it to give. She's not saying, Mason, no to his request. She's just simply saying, I ain't got it. And what I do got, I got to prepare for my son because it's our last meal. We're going to eat and go to sleep and die. Because this is all we got. Notice this about her. Notice this about this mother. Even in her despair, she's willing to give it if she got it. psychology of what a female minister looks like. Even in her trouble, she's willing to do for others instead of doing for herself. In her last bit of strength and resources, she's going to serve her son and then enter into rest, enter into death. I wrote myself a note right here. Brother Andrew, I think you'll appreciate this, son. Heaven takes notice of servants like this. They ain't got to be paid for everything. God can use somebody who is willing to do for others in spite of what they're going through. In other words, they 
ministry don't stop because they got their own trouble in their life. This woman just lost her husband. She ain't got no food in her house. They getting ready to go die, but yet she take time to minister to somebody else. Y'all know that ain't us. I wish uh, somebody would ask me to do something while I'm going through it. Can everybody see how messed up I am? That's not biblical. That's not maturity. Maturity is even if you bleed, you keep doing what he called you to do. Why? Because it's a command. situation by saying, fear not. Go. 
and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. He's still giving out orders. And bring it to me. And watch this. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Now she already said it ain't enough for all of us. Right? But Elijah sees something that she don't see. He's got a command from God that she going to provide for him. He knows that if God sends her to provide for him, God's going to provide for her. But she ain't been privy to that conversation. So here's the test. Are you going to obey the word of the Lord? Or are you going to trust what's in your being and what's in your job? You got to decide. Is the word enough? Or do the circumstances dictate what's true? She got to decide if I'm going to believe the word or if I'm going to believe what I can see. Can I turn the light on right here? That faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things. Let's go! Yes, sir. In other words, costly obedience means you got to use faith. If it ain't there, you got to look at it like it is. Can I say some more? I, I'm humping hump off the field, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Why? Why? Because here it is. The preacher has the task. Listen to this, preachers. The preacher has the task of lifting her mentality about the unknown. Did you know that's why you come in here every Sunday? I know it's worship and all that, but secretly behind the scene, God needs a crazy man to show you the text and make you see what you can't see to give you hope in what you hope is going to happen. My job is to lift your mentality from what's seen in the natural to what's not seen in the supernatural. Here it is. She was fearful of her tomorrow and unsure of her future. So God had to give her a promise through the preacher to unleash something that she didn't even know he was going to do in her life. The challenge for her was to obey the word of the Lord instead of being imprisoned to the circumstances that she was living with. In other words, her crisis said to her, girl, we can't make it. Her crisis said to her, we got to eat and die. Her motherly instincts believed that she'd done all she could do. But God, but God. had the last word. Can y'all help me preach it all right here? God had one more miracle. He was getting ready to release Montre in the city of refinement. Here it is. God had one more act of grace, Mama Laura. He was gone. Release and display on this woman's behalf. God was waiting in the wings, as Dr. Waddle says, for a time to elevate her with a brand new ministry lesson. Here it is, wife. If she would come through this miracle, she'd tell every widow in the city about a God who can fill your being when ain't nothing left in the cupboard. The prophet said, go and 
do. He, he said, but make me a small cake first. Now, I got to get out of here, but I can't leave you without giving you this nugget. Dad Jameson, here's what I've learned. Here we see the indicators for how God refines her in the midst of her painful situation. What do you mean, Doc? Well, go and serve, he said. But serve somebody other than yourself. Okay, I'm the only one jumping right now. Go and serve is the indicator for how you're going to be refined. Serve with what, Pastor? I ain't got nothing. Exactly. Go and serve not because you got something. Go and serve with the little you got and give it away. And God will refine you. This thing on. Yeah. I'm preaching in North America. That's what it is. He says, go and serve. But put my servant before your household. I just lost somebody. You're talking about, I wish I would pay for that preacher. I wish I would give tithe to the church. Yeah, and because that's how you think, you'll never have a next level or get to see a new lesson or be refined. Because it ain't me you don't trust. You don't trust God, and you don't trust the process. I'm not God, and I didn't make the process. What he says is, go and serve with all you got, and then I'll give you all you need. symphony of the divine orchestra of grace that's waiting to perform the melodic sound of miracles being played by the almighty hand of the God of grace. The orchestra of grace is waiting to play. Waiting to play her song of how God can provide. But the heavens are still. The angels are in position. They're waiting to move. But if she don't respond to the but in the end, the chords won't play. Let me come down your road. Heaven is ready to play your song right now, but somebody won't move on the butt and the end. 
The butt and the end are the orchestra director's cues to strike the band. He's like this. And as you move by faith, the music starts playing. The music don't play till you move, man. Somebody waiting till all the ducks line up in a row, and then you gonna move. Let me tell you, you'll be standing there. Somebody said, Pastor, yeah, I love a girl, man. I'm gonna marry her, but first I gotta do this and do that. Man, listen here, if you wanna obey God, move! And watch the music start playing. Can I turn the light on? I wouldn't follow somebody that didn't have a crumb of faith trails behind them. I think I said that the wrong way. I wouldn't follow nobody that didn't have a testimony about the butt and the end. For me to run with you, I gotta be able to look at your life and say, oh yeah, he's hearing the music. Have you ever known somebody that walked by a different beat? The world seems to be doing their thing, but they on their own crew. And they move and they doing things. Their kids are being blessed. Their grandkids are being blessed. They're healthy and wealthy and wise. And God is promoting them. Listen, listen to what they listening to. And watch and see. Won't God play a little tune for you? Well, I got to leave you now. I got so much meat on this bone, I got to get out of here. But oh, I want, to know, I want you to know this. It's going to take faith for this woman to make this sandwich. Y'all, can you catch that on the way home? If I make this creature this hot water cornbread, for God, you got to come through. Y'all don't hear me. She in that little barrel and she's shaking that stuff. God, I hope this is your man. I hope this is your man. Because if this ain't your man, somebody else gonna die. <laughs> I'm just talking about, but can I turn the light on? Yonder she is in that little rickety old dirt flow kitchen. Standing over those rocks that she didn't put that broken wood on. Yonder she is, then scraped the bottom of that little barrel. Poured out all the corners of that little flour. Went to that last little jar. Poured that oil into that little skin iron pot. Watching that oil form that little cake into something delightable for a stranger she didn't know. And I don't know what happened from the time she flipped that cake to cook it on the other side until the time she went back to the battle. But something said in the text that she looked again and said, wait a minute, I forgot something. That's enough to make one more. I don't know nothing about that. She took Elijah's cake out, poured one more in for her son. It took the same shape, and all of a sudden the bin felt a little heavy. 
She said, I think we got enough for one more. Pour that into the pot. And what you know, a meal for two became a meal for three. Are you in here now? Went back to the oil, Tom, and there was some oil still in there. She listened to the bud and the end. And then she could hear the melodic and historic sound of the grace of God satisfying her needs in the midst of Zarephath. Well, I got to leave you now. But I'm glad today that I've got a picture of this woman for my life. I'm glad today because if the church is going to be the church of Jesus Christ, Sister Green, she's got to look like this lady. Yeah, it's going to take faith in God, new beginnings, for every area of our lives. Faith in God will help us to have the benefits of obedience. If you put God first, yeah, you'll always end up with more than enough. If you put God first, you'll see him work in the despair and the depravity of your life. If you put God first, you'll open the hand that fills your life with testimonies that the world knows nothing of. If you put God first, you'll bless yourself and bless others. If you put God first, your faith won't die. If you put God first, your ability to see the supernatural will be clearer than those around you. If you put God first, you'll be saving your family from starvation, saving your soul from deprivation, and freeing your mind from depression. But you gotta put your God first. She made a God sandwich. And the sandwich made all of the difference. I'm closing when I tell you this. This woman gives you a picture of Jesus. Jesus, yes, was willing to put God first in every area of his life. When he walked down to the Jordan to be baptized, he was willing to put God first. When he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, he was willing to put God first. When he cast out devils and raised up the sick, he did ministry because he was willing to put God first. When he went to Calvary to die for your sins and mine, he was willing to put God first.
some mother today who's struggling in your Zarephath. Here's how you make it through the dark Zarephath of life. Put God first. Obey God in everything. And watch him move in every way. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? I'm closing. I'm telling you this. I'm so glad my mama put I'm so glad when I went to jail, she didn't bail me out. She said, Lord, it's yours. I can't do nothing with it. She put God first. She wouldn't make excuses about my sinful behavior. of believers trying to be the go and the do. 